0: Assalamu My name is John Fontaine and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Fiqh of Love. I'm joined here today with Dr. Muhammad Salah. as Shaykh.
1: Wa alaykum <laughs> salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. You look happy today.
0: No, subhanAllah. It's just been an emotional ride so far, you know, uh, the whole series. And uh, we've got a very interesting topic coming up for today. Sure. So today, Sheikh, I wanted to speak to you regarding the rights of the spouse. And specifically today, I want to touch upon the rights of the woman or the bride.
1: May I ask you, why do you begin with the woman or the wife? Because, you know, ladies first. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you why. Why would we begin with the rights of the wives? First of all, because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala stated in the Quran in Surah Al-Baqarah, second chapter of the Quran, ayah number 228, وَلَهُنَّ مِثْلُ الَّذِي عَلَيْهِنَّ بِالْمَعْرُوفِ this ayah keeps the perfect balance between the rights and the duties, not only of the wife, but the wife and the husband. And lahunna the pronoun refers to the wives, the feminine. So Allah the Almighty says, wives, they have dues similar to those which are due upon them. Hmm. They have rights which are similar to the obligations which are due upon them. Likewise for men, they have rights and they owe obligations to their spouses. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala began by saying Hunna." for the wives, they have uh, rights, they have dues. So in this case, uh, we'll begin by discussing those rights which the wife deserves to be paid on full mm-hmm. from the husband. Beginning with the financial rights. And again, why do we begin with the financial rights? not any other rights, the protection, mm. the love, the affection because the financial right is actu- is the actual beginning mm. because it takes place even before the marriage contract and before uh, consummating the marriage which is securing in the dowry. Mm. I know we spoke about it before in an episode discussing the dowry and all the ahkam of the dowry but it's okay to remind the viewers that the dowry is the first of the financial rights which the husband owes to the wife whether immediately or if they agree to defer the entire dowry or certain
0: amount of dowry. So I mean in the dowry remember in the last in the episode where we actually spoke about mahar in a lot more depth he mm-hmm. also said that it is a, a debt you know and it should be paid off as soon as possible correct
1: the first right, we see the financial right the dowry allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says we already agreed to that Then the rest of the ayah says And uh, This segment of the ayah Shows that When the wife collects the dowry It becomes hers And neither the parents of the bride nor the husband have the right to ask her anything of this dowry it's hers so the ayah says if the wife decides to remit some of the dowry or foregoes or gives you a part of the dowry as a gift then enjoy it it's halal with pleasure what if she doesn't this is now her position you cannot say but I'm the one who gave you the money. Mm. Well, the money was a compensation for agreeing to marry you. It's sadaq. And it has become hers. The uh, wedding gift. And it's irrefundable. It's not refundable. Mm. And that's why sometimes when uh, a couple get married and the husband happens to buy a lot of jewelry for the bride and that is perceived as a part of the dowry or the dowry, then uh he was in debt he's in need he wants to start a project he wants to uh, buy a car so he says honey can i take a loan from you Well, i don't have i only have gold okay can i take a part of that And inshallah soon as uh, i possess the amount i will pay you back or pay it off yeah sure so she will give him whatever many people take this money and they never return it assuming that we're one Mm. yes you're one but when it comes to the financial position, everyone
0: is independent. Yeah, see, this is important, Shay, because uh, in especially in a non-Muslim society, especially where I'm from uh, in England, uh, you know, when people become married, their finances are, are like you say they're one. <coughs> but you're saying that in an Islamic uh, life, that you should always be separate.
1: Not like what you're hmm. saying, but I'm talking about. I have a position. This position has nothing to do with your position. Hmm. When they have a joint account where the wife can go to the grocery store or pay the bills and the utilities, this is great. But the man is working and she is working or the man is working alone and she has an access to the account. Now we're talking about the woman's position, Hmm. the wife's position. Let's say that she inherited something from her dad, her mom, her uncle. This inheritance is hers. Is Hmm. hers it is not for all of them so if she willingly wants to give you part of that or all of that as a gift that's fine Uh, but if you decided to take a part of it as a loan then it's a loan which you must settle once you're capable to pay it off okay yeah there is a meaning of if she doesn't give you any then it's not yours yeah. if she remits part of it or if she gives you a part as a gift or if she gives you a loan then you have the loan you have to pay off uh, if it is a gift enjoy it this is halal without putting any pressure on her then among the financial rights is an the man happens to be the guardian of the family and the family father why one of the reasons as Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said He's given this guardianship because he is in a charge of supporting the family financially. So he works, he earns, he puts bread on the table, and he delivers whatever the house is in need for. Again, bil maruf Bil ma'ruf means on a reasonable basis. Hmm. So somebody's income is twenty grams, and mashallah the house spends three or four or five. He can afford it. But somebody's earning is 2000 2800 and the house is in need for $3,000. we are not going to kill the man. We're not going to ask him to steal. We're not going to ask him to, um, you know, to accept bribery in order to, uh, you know, to make it up or to come up with the difference. Then the house has to uh, squeeze itself in order to live in accordance with the income of the husband. Hmm. So the word bil means on reasonable basis. Al lahu, he refers to the father of the child. Now the couple have a child. Who's in a charge for covering the expenses? Al lahu, the father. And he's supposed to provide for the mother. He's supposed to provide for the child. And whatever the mother needs of clothing, of medications, of hospital bills, you know, uh, of food, uh, of uh, formula, milk, whatever. This is all uh, the duty of the husband to make available and to work hard to make available. What does aya uh, uh, say again? So you do not push somebody to the edge. Or keep demanding things you know that the husband cannot afford Mm. and by the end you're just literally forcing him to steal or forcing him in in some societies to take his life
0: because he cannot afford it do not push him to the edge. SubhanAllah that's uh, very interesting SubhanAllah so the husband has to take care of her needs he has to spend on the wife and when, when you're saying it depends on the individual of course also in different cultures you know people and and also different levels of living as well because some people are more poor some people are richer um so what about i mean this is kind of a late question really because maybe i should have asked this earlier on in the series but do you think what do you think about marrying into different cultures and different i wouldn't say classes but you know, marrying someone who's maybe financial, yeah, financial. You know, someone okay. who's financially better off.
1: You remember when we said that if I'm a rich person and I find a guy who is very good, very righteous, educated, but he's not as well as as, as rich as well as our family for innocence I wouldn't mind asking him to marry my daughter, hmm. because his plus is something good to add to the family. Again, if the daughter agrees and if she's hmm. happy. Uh, with that with her consent so in this case I'm not going to ask him to squeeze himself or push him to the edge in order to come up with certain amount Mm. of money to make her live in the same standard he cannot Mm. afford it and from the beginning I know that he cannot afford it unless if I give him a job and increase his salary that is something different the blame will be on the person who have the means and he is kind of tight Mm. he's cheap or miser so we'll turn around and we we'll say to the wife she has the right even to take from his wealth and his money uh, like he leaves money at home or in the safe. Take whatever is sufficient for you and your kids. Mm. Uh, the Prophet Sallallahu used in this regard the term Al-Ma'roof again. Mm. Okay, on a reasonable basis. A woman by the name Hind who is Abu Sufyan's wife after they both accepted Islam when the Prophet sallallahu was teaching women the etiquette of being a good wife and uh, being dutiful to her husband, and she got up and she said Ya Rasulallah, Inna Aba Sufyan Rajulun shahih My husband Abu Sufyan is kind of tight. So is it permissible to take from his money? He doesn't give me enough <laughs> money for myself and my kids. So is it okay to take from his money without his knowledge? Would that be considered stealing? The Prophet ﷺ said, no. Take whatever is sufficient for you mm. and your kids Bil ma'ruf. Mm. not to buy a diamond ring, mm. but because you need to buy food, medication, pay the bills, school tuitions, mm. whatever is reasonably
0: sufficient for you and your kids. Jazakallah <laughs> Shaykh. We're just going to take a short break. Jazakallah <laughs> So join us after the break in a couple of minutes the
1: fiqh
0: of love assalamu alaikum assalamu alaikum my name is john fontaine and welcome back to the fiqh of love in this episode shaykh we're discussing the rights of the spouse and specifically we're speaking about the rights of the woman just before the break, we was actually speaking, you mentioned a very uh, interesting hadith actually where uh, they were, the Prophet was asked regarding <laughs> if the woman needed, needed some money and if she took some of the wealth from her husband, obviously a reasonable, reasonable amount it. of wealth um, that this wouldn't be classed as stealing. No,
1: because it is obligatory upon him mm. to provide for mm. the family.
0: I and he's to ask not you, sir, providing enough. Sheikh, what about if the husband was to take some of her wealth without her knowing? That is stealing. That's stealing. Why? Because a wife is not required
1: to support the family Mm. financially. Mm. And I like always to give this uh, typical example of in case that a husband have uh, plenty of money that he pays zakah on a regular basis on this money. It zakatabul. And his wife is poor. Can he give her a part of the zakah? The answer is no. Because whatever the wife needs is due upon him. Mm. So he will end up becoming beneficiary of the zakah that he pays, which mm. is not permissible. On the other hand, if the wife is wealthy and she pays zakah, and the husband is poor, he is laid off, he doesn't have a job, he cannot afford to support the family, can she give him a sadaqah from her wealth? That is permissible. Been... Why is it permissible in this case? because she's not required to support the family financially. Mm. She's not required to buy clothes for the husband. She's not required to put bread on the table and buy food for the family or pay for the tuitions of the uh, school for the kids. That is not her job. Mm. She has other duties that Mm. will be discussed insha'Allah in the next episode. But his duties among them is the financial duty, Mm. which is the dowry Supporting the family financially and so on. So other than financial duties, what other rights does a woman have? Um, from a husband? I would still say that it is considered among the financial rights, which is the housing, mm. okay? Uh, in Surah At-Talaq, the Almighty Allah says, mm. So the man is supposed to provide the housing whether it is a rental property or a property that he owns. I mean, who would love to have a nice place like that mm-hmm. to live in? He comes back from uh, work and they take a dip in the pool and mm-hmm. lunch will be ready and the maids are fixing the food, picking up the table. But if I don't have, we're just filming here. <laughs> you know. <laughs> we're just renting the place. Just to clarify, this isn't <laughs> your house. <right? laughs> I mean, it's very Inshallah. lovely. I mean, Allah Inshallah, God, you, uh, heaven will be much better than that. Inshallah. Okay. But after we finish, you and I are going to little, our little tiny flats. Alhamdulillah. Shukla. Even if it is little tiny, if it is filled with happiness, then it is very spacious and roomy. Mm. But if a place is as spacious as this place or even more, but the couple are fighting mm. and everyone is accusing the other and pointing fingers, no matter how big, how spacious, how roomy is their uh, bedroom, maybe it's a suite. Mm with jacuzzi and all of that, but it's hell. Mm. So the person understands that uh, it is not the space or the place which will create happiness. It is actually maintaining, maintaining love between the couple. And if it is not love, then being God-fearing. In the Hadith, the Prophet Sallallahu Wasallam says, that was in the Pharaoh's speech, like he was wrapping up his mission by saying and he was addressing men اتقوا الله في النساء O people, fear Allah and keep your duty to him Respect of women when it comes to your wives, daughters, sisters, moms fear Allah concerning them and then he specifically mentioned the wives he said فإنكم بأمان الله فروجهن بكلمة الله Oh, and that means you know it has been when it has been made lawful for you to sleep with them and get intimate with them only because you have taken them with a promise from Allah when you proposed then there was an agreement and he said according to the book of Allah and according to the guidance and the Sunnah of Rasulullah so that's a promise And that's a vow that you're going to treat her kindly in the light of this guidance. Well, this guidance is teaching us to be kind to them, Mm. to teach them whatever is necessary of the deen of Allah, Mm. to be good Muslim wives, good Muslim parents Mm. and mothers. Okay, that is your duty as well. To be protective, not to expose them to any harm. Mm. To make certain that your house is happy. And again, happiness mm. isn't only due to financial capacity or affordability. No. When we spoke about asking min mimujidukum, from the beginning, if you can afford it, then she should have her independent housing. The Prophet had how many wives at a time? Mm. Had nine. He did not put two. In one apartment, yeah. each one in her apartment. And we receive a lot of complaints. A lot of sisters feel depressed yeah. and feel oppressed due to the fact that when he got married in the beginning, he was very sweet and promising. Now she says, I'm just a maid to his family, yeah. not only to the parents, but to the in laws. His brothers and sisters are made. They hire the maid, but without paying me. They
0: just feed me. That is not permissible. SubhanAllah.
1: So she she has the
0: right to her own
1: accommodation. Exactly. And that should be actually, you know, it's understood. Mm. But unfortunately, due to the fact that in some cultures, this is uh, not very clear. So that should be stipulated from the beginning. Mm. My daughter should have her own accommodation. Your family, your parents should visit at any time are your family, okay? What mm. with the arrangement of the wife, so that she, maybe she, she's ready to receive them. Mm. She's feeling well. Tomorrow is the finest for the kids, and she's sitting, mm. studying with them. And then all your brothers and sisters, nephews and nieces then come to visit. That is not right. There should be communication between you and her. Mm. She's not feeling well. She's sick. She cannot cook for this whole gathering. Well, if you're going to cater the food or order food from outside, fine. But if she's going to use her, it must be with the uh, arrangement with her. When a woman has her own accommodation, she feels much safer. And she is more giving and she likes to decorate the house, clean up the house, take care of the house. She decides with her husband or consulting the kids, what are you going to eat today? What would you like me to cook for you today? Versus when Mm. she is used as a servant, Mm. somebody is dictating to her, Mm. you got to do this, you got to do that, we're cooking this today, we're having this today, and she doesn't have a say. It doesn't have to be Mm. a big
0: place. According to what you can afford. Sheikh, what about the emotional needs of a wife? Of course, you you spoke about the financial needs, but more
1: emotional. The Prophet وسلم, is our role model, no doubt, right? And he said in the hadith, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Li ahli. The best of you is the one who's best to his wife, and I am the best to my wife. This is what the Prophet وسلم, has said. I want to give you a couple examples to see the emotional rights and how the Prophet وسلم, fulfilled them in the best possible way. Uh, Umu Salama's daughter, we said before Umu Salama lost her husband and she had bunch of kids. So after the Iddah was over, the Prophet sallallahu proposed to her. She said, Ya Rasulullah, I'm an old woman and I have a bunch of kids. He said, well, your kids will be my kids. And that is the main reason why the Prophet Sallallahu would marry a widow with a bunch funny, of kids. While every young woman would desire the Prophet Sallallahu to take her as a wife. But the Prophet Sallallahu marriages were for reasons and wisdoms. So her daughter said that O Musalama, her mom, when she got her period, they used to wrap themselves with certain clothes so that they would not soil the place and so on. And uh, the Prophet Sallallahu realized that she uh, got her period and she distanced herself. She doesn't want to uh, come close to the Prophet Sallallahu assuming that she is in a state of demensis that he would not be, you know, interested in her. Then the Prophet Sallallahu called her and he said, have you got your menses She said, yes. He said, come, come, don't worry about it. And he took her under his cover and they cuddled together. And she said that the Prophet ﷺ used to kiss her while fasting. And whenever he would enter the house, he would kiss his wife. And before leaving, even for the salah, would kiss his wife. And we'll learn from that that kissing one's wife or hugging one's wife does not invalidate the, the wudu. So the wives of the Prophet ﷺ were telling us that the Prophet ﷺ was the best and the most ideal husband even though they were multiple wives, you know, yeah. take for instance when Aisha anha, was asked, how was the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi at home? How was the Prophet mm. Sallallahu sallam, at home? Look, I can let Aisha talk and narrate to us and we have a whole program, a whole series, mm. just explaining and discussing and sharing what Aisha said about the Prophet Sallallahu sallam, as a husband. She said, Isn't this more than sufficient? He was always serving his wife and his family, taking care of, cleaning up his shoes, patching his clothes, sewing his clothes, cleaning, and and assisting his wife. And she says, at night, the Prophet would stand up praying, and he would recite a long recitation. And then between the two rakahs he would turn around, Aisha is asleep in one corner of the room, and he would look at her, Aish, with the spoiling name, are you awake? And if I'm awake, he would have a chat with me. Then he would resume his prayer, yes. Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. This is a man mm-hmm. who's running the affair of the greatest Ummah. Subhanallah. But he does not forget about his wives. We all have problems at work, mm-hmm. at school, in the street. When mm-hmm. it comes to home,
0: the wife have emotional rights. You have to pay attention to. JazakAllah <laughs> Khair Sheikh. SubhanAllah, it's a beautiful uh, uh, point you made there. SubhanAllah, is very important. And uh, JazakAllah Khair shaykh, thank you for joining us. Yeah, that's all welcome. we have time for mm-hmm. on this particular episode. SubhanAllah, beautiful points which the Sheikh has mentioned. I hope we can actually learn from them and take some benefit from them. Join us next time for another episode of The Fiqh of Love. as Salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh.